0: There's more worried about warming up the lips than he was warming up the body. I'll tell you that. Was he Tom in the rooms pre game? Was like when you guys were all doing the old one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten? Was he sitting off to the side like just walking? No, he was doing the
1: bumblebees, he was doing it, he was doing it in sync with the one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Welcome back, everyone. It's been a few weeks, but we're pleased to be back here on the Nodcast. As always, I'm Steve Mann, joined by Sam Deegan and Rob Mann. And a little bit of a different scenario, unfortunately, we're not here reviewing football at the moment, as Victoria sits in the middle of its sixth lockdown and a few decisions over the past couple of weeks around what happens with the rest of the back of the season, which is or some significant changes to all of our plans, I can bet. So, so before we get into that, um, Deegs, Rob, welcome. How you doing, boys? Yeah, good to be back. In a pretty good mood. I am this week. So
2: Razies have, have scraped into the finals, which is good. And yeah, good to be back
3: on the Nodcast. Yeah, I'm not too bad, Steve. You know, it's, it's uh, mixed emotions this time of year. So a uh, bit, little bit bittersweet, but it's great to be back on the Nodcast and, uh, with a massive guest tonight. One of my uh, my oldest friends, I'm, I'm I'm pretty excited. We do. So
0: before we introduce our special guest, Um, the the highlights of the last few days for any of those that haven't been up to date is that due to the two-week extension of the Victorian lockdown, the regular season for the VAF is now finished for all divisions. This means that finals have, if they are able to go ahead, which the intention is that they hopefully will, um, have been locked in based on where teams sat on the ladder. So... For us, that's some relatively positive news. It means five of our seven teams will be playing finals. The girls obviously having already won their way through to a prelim and the two 19s teams and our reserves are making finals as well. And then the seniors unfortunately missing out percentage by the narrowest of percents, um, particularly even more frustrating given our last game was a big win against Ivan, who are now going to finish fourth. Um, and we missed some sort of bottom end of teams in the games that we've Missed the rest of the season, a little disappointing there. Um, and then, unfortunately, the other news out of today was that the Panthers' season has been called off as well. So both the feeder teams, which would have, as always, featured prominently at the business end of the year, um, their season's done too. So a bit of a disappointing one um, for, for the ones, but it was great news for the rest of the club, which which probably is a is a nice time to introduce our special guests. So uh, this man has been talked about a lot on the podcast over the course of the season. Deeds heavily resisted getting him on because just I think feeds the feeling is that only room for one redhead on the on the Nodcast. And after the uh weeks of spam we got after we got Liam Sherlock on, we thought we'd we let you uh run the show on that one. But he did post a video during the week really, I'd describe it as a passion plea making his case. And we in the lockdown couldn't couldn't resist that. So big welcome to the uh the co captain of the seniors, Tom Wobby. Oops. Thanks, Steve. Uh, thanks for having me on the
1: show. G'day, Deeks. G'day, Robbie. I'm um, good to finally be on. You know, I had to push myself on there a little bit. But, um, you know, when the first 20 seconds of the first episode, you hear Sam Deegan's the best read at the club, you know, you <laughs> want to get on as soon as you can.
3: And I was I was eagerly awaiting. The funny thing about it was after the first episode dropped, I got a text message very quickly from Warb saying, he wasn't happy with the uh, former redhead joke that we, we rolled with, so um, it's good having back to um, with the having back tonight to set the record straight. Cool. Off the yeah. top, can we? You guys,
2: you guys are on separate computers. Last time I heard, you were living together. Is that that's obviously changed? Has it? Yeah, that, that
1: situation's changed uh, slightly with. Uh, <laughs> we moving in with the, the lovely Mrs. Molly Noon, so yeah, you can't blame him there. But uh, yeah, so of have uh, parted ways, unfortunately, with a great man. Uh, it's actually,
3: not- I don't know if you've um, thought about this, Warbs. it's actually coming up to our four-year anniversary since we moved into St. Kilda East, um, September 1st, 2017. Don't
1: know if you remember that. Yeah, yeah, of course, in my diary, special place in my heart.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you got a, I feel you got a, like there's a celebration looming so. You've obviously yeah. got a few good memories of that, of that house I just want to bring up one I don't know this, this story But I've been asked to, to bring it up um, And is, it sounds like it could be the, the reason That you're not living together anymore um, How do I put this? Apparently, Warbs ordered some Uber Eats one day And then forgot about it Can, can we go into that? Is that a story <laughs> worth telling? Or, I don't know. Or do I don't just, know if that's. Do good. I don't know if it it's um,
3: not cast appropriate, but <laughs> um, I'm, a, I'm a good housemate that you know knocks on door and delivers his food. Put it that way. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, very, uh, very
3: grateful
1: uh, <laughs> to have uh, my, own, my own personal <laughs> chauffeur of food from the front door to my yeah. bedroom door. <laughs>
2: Very nice, very nice. Yeah, there's, a, there's a bit to, there's a bit more to it, but um, yeah, we might
0: leave it there. <laughs> yeah, definitely what we're all about here is stories that don't make any sense or go anywhere, lack detail. Um, the Interesting, I was going to say it feels like there might have been a bit of a split in the leadership team, but judging by all this, you know, four-year anniversary, it feels like someone's angling for a bit of a gift to know if um, Molly's just not sort of getting the job done on anniversaries, Rob, and... Well, Tom no, is just always all. a better prison giver.
3: No, not at no, all. Just um, big one for milestones. So you know, always always keep an eye on those. And um, Tom and I have had some big milestones over the journey. There's probably one looming, um, and that would be a, a Premiership Cup. But we'll have to wait one more year for that. But that's all right.
0: We'll get there eventually.
3: it's it's probably a um, you
0: know a valid question, I guess, since the way the season's ended for the ones has been pretty pretty flat, I guess. You, a huge amount of momentum heading into the back half of the year and sort of just the circumstances around COVID and, and the games we've missed just, I guess, pipping you guys at the post. How are you both feeling?
1: Um, yeah, a bit, bit of mixed emotions. I mean, the season was ending on a really high. It was, it was the best it was feeling at the club for a few years there for me personally and I think the whole group. Um, I think that's the most disappointing part Was the momentum we had I mean Seasons always come and go And teams make finals Teams don't make finals But Just the feeling around the club And and what we we're building to um, You know it was, a, it was a bit of a sour way To end the year really But um, You know That's the way these things go And You know We wish the other teams the best We'll be there supporting them So That's
3: all you can do <laughs> Walking yeah. your dog By the park While they're playing Walking <laughs> your dog
1: of course Yeah Of
3: course <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, I, I agree with Wolves. and and you know it's too simplistic just to measure um, successful seasons on whether or not you make finals or not. Um, and it, I, th- I suppose the biggest disappointment for me is just not being able to play with the boys. Like we we'd really jailed, we'd really were playing some good footy. There was a really good vibe in the team. Guys were enjoying each other's company, and to not um, have that opportunity to run out again, um, I'm really glad we had that 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 one week. Um, that Ivanhoe game. So that's the one week we have played sort of this side of the season. Um, and, you know, we played really well. It was a great day. It felt like a final. So, you know, that that sort of makes you feel a little bit better and, and that knowledge that, you know, you're definitely good enough. We beat an Ormond who finished third, beat an Ivanhoe who finished fourth, a um, few goals up against Old Geelong uh, who finished second and didn't really get another chance at Monash. So... You know, you, you, walk in, you walk away and you go into next season with the belief that you probably can match with the best and, and build on that. So that's that's a positive. But, yeah, it's definitely not great, missing out by 1%. So, um, you know, you can't sugarcoat it too much either. Well,
0: our format for tonight, obviously, having no footy to review and given the end of the regular season, will be a little different from normal. And we're going to go back through each of the teams over the year and give a bit of a highlight to top 10 um, so we'll definitely come back to to talking about the ones and, you know, what we take away from this year. But looking ahead to next year, do you guys both feel pretty optimistic that the group stays together and we keep growing and improving from where we've left this year given the really positive, you know, last eight to ten weeks of football that we've played?
1: Um, yeah, I think so. I think just based on the feeling that's around the club and and probably the... The feeling of unfinished business, I guess you'd say, around the year, you know, makes the team want to stick together and, and see this one out and, um, you know, really work towards that premiership together and and really, you know, stick fat and and get the ultimate success together because that's what we all put in the hard work for the last few years for. So I think that's what we all want.
3: Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, I, you know, my experience with 2016 when we we won the flag, you know, the, a lot of that hard work was done in the, the seasons previous to that. So... You know, I definitely see this as part of the journey to hopefully the ultimate success. So, yeah, next year's exciting and I'm sure the guys will keep themselves in good shape um, and we'll probably, you know, get a few more boys on board wanting to be part of it. So that's pretty exciting too.
0: Yeah, before we, we move on to some of the other teams, particularly digs, I'm, I'm, I just can see the excitement at the prospect of playing finals bursting off your face. Um, the couple of quick ones for you, Tom. So your... For those who don't know, you've obviously been around the club a few years, but um, you and Rob, I think you've mentioned, played junior footy together. You went on a bit of a different path um, out, of, out of junior ranks through various parts of the Northern Hemisphere. Do you want to kind of talk us through your football background and what led you back to Mazda? Um,
1: yeah, started all down at St. Simons with uh, with Rob. Um, you know, I remember trying to convince the old man to let me go to uh, St. Simons Play with me, best mate. Um, back in what was that under eights?
0: Yeah. Um, and where was there, he trying you know, to get I, you to play? Because you live next to Roval's footy ground, didn't you?
1: Yeah, Roval was the other option, Roval. That was the arch, the arch enemy. Yeah. But um, ended up going to the Footy Factory, St Simon's. Um, <laughs> so it, was, it wasn't it was a Footy Factory now.
0: back then. Let, let's let's be honest. There was about four teams <laughs> and. My team had, like, I was in under-12s at that point, and you guys were playing as under-8s pretty much to get the numbers up. So we weren't exactly (laughs) a footy factory in the formative years. Well, really, it probably
1: all started in the man backyard, but um, (laughs) I I digress. But um, we stuck together for, yeah, quite a few years there, all the way up through to uh, under-18s. We ended up playing at Scoresby uh, for a year there in the the AFL. And then... um, we kind of took different routes from there. Rob went on to, to Mazanod. Um, I went on to try my hand at, at Box Hill at BFL level um, for a few years and then, and then um, had a job opportunity up in Brisbane. So I went up and worked up there and played up there for the University of Queensland, the Red Lions, um, which was great fun. Um, I was a bit more relaxed than what I was used to, so it was fantastic. And then um, went overseas to Canada for a couple of years and, and hung up the boots for a short period of time for um coming back to Masnog and uh, being here ever since.
0: Very good and did
1: you a lot, of, um, a lot of
3: text messages and Skype calls to getting back from Canada over the line so um, well worth it. did, did there, there you um, actually there was actually a
1: short stint between Queensland and Canada where I came back and played for I think four or five games.
3: Yeah under that's Heath right.
1: black when he was coach at the time oh, yeah. and um, I I had, that was very
3: interesting. Tom, Tom was uh, sleeping on my couch between <laughs> sessions and, and games. So he was sort of commuting between Inverloch where his parents live and, and uh, my place. Um, so, yeah, it was, a, it was a good five games. He almost won the BNF that year too before he flew off to Canada.
2: There was a bit of was... buzz back then too, I reckon, about Warbs, this sort of balding red-headed man coming back to who <laughs> <laughs> was an absolute jet at footy that's 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 what i remember from there was a bit
3: of buzz i think there's still a bit of
2: buzz around i reckon no well he's already here <laughs> the buzz was that he was he was thinking of playing at masnod that's
0: yeah <laughs> uh, um i'm curious world while you're in canada i'm assuming that you know a guy such as yourself very into his fitness very into his sports wouldn't have just given sport away completely were we ever a chance of losing you to curling or Dog sledding, or like, what what did you do to pass your time? Like punting,
3: you took the you took the NFL ball over there.
0: Ah, yeah, took the took the
1: NFL ball over there, and um, but didn't really get a chance to have too much of a punt with it. But um, got into a a little bit of the ice skating over there. Wouldn't wouldn't say it was your your figure skating, but you know, just trying (laughs) to stand up basically. Um, bit of bit of golf in the in the summer. Winter was quite difficult, but um. But yeah, I saw a few AFL teams over there, but I thought I'll I'll, I'll resist the urge and and uh, just try and keep myself fit for when I come back
2: to the nod. Rob uh, brought up earlier in the nodcast season about he's he's trying to buy your golf clubs. Warps, <laughs> are yeah. we any further on that? Because I've heard <laughs> a little bit about it. I've heard that you probably shouldn't even have those golf clubs. Someone <laughs> someone broke into your car and ransacked the whole car. Saw the golf clubs and yeah, they're not they're not, <laughs> they're, not worth, they're not worth anything. I'll, uh, I'll leave them there. And now you're trying to flog them to Rob for, for a massive amount of money. Oh, oh. I've not heard about
1: this. I don't know about a massive amount of money, but um <laughs> it, it's true. The car did get broken into, and they stole a sledgehammer, but it did it not steal the clubs. It did not steal it. <laughs> I bet you You Um, got
0: there You saw your car ransacked. You have insurance On the phone And you're like Oh oh I can't even claim them Yeah like I was Hoping they'd get stolen Just to get the Insurance money. You couldn't even do that
1: Yeah I thought I thought about Telling the fib And saying they got stolen But there was photo evidence And video (laughs) evidence Or something Yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think the evidence of me, you know, throwing them out of the car and taking photos probably wasn't wasn't the best.
0: But,
1: uh, yeah, this deal has been going on for about six months now. Ever since uh, Rob has taken up golf lessons with the
3: Noons, I, I believe they've been having family <laughs>
0: golf lessons.
3: Um, yeah, Paddy um, Noon's been smoking him down the fairway. I've been too embarrassed to go back. He's he's in big yeah. form, so. Um, luckily, with lockdown, I haven't been able to go, but I, I, I am needed clubs, and, and we're stuck on the negotiating table. And the problem is, James Egan's trying to take a cut as a commission by getting in between the deal. So that's what's really holding it up. He's a businessman.
1: Yeah, might we'll get some competition. In is, is Pat Noon in the in the market
3: for some clubs? Is he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that might be a bit long for him. So just. Um, <laughs> Is is can I ask you if Jared
0: Noon's involved in these golf lessons as well? Because it, it seems very, very not surprising at all that sort of former president just fitting into the political stereotype of doing all his work on the golf course and just yeah, you know, nah, various he, people he, he just saddling up and getting deals him. done. Yeah,
3: absolutely. He had, a, he had a pro that he knew, so he, he set it up at uh down at Albert Park there. So um yeah, it's been been beneficial, but um yeah, we'll wait and see. Once I get some clubs, I'll hopefully hit the fairways. You've still got half my old clubs. I'm waiting for them to be returned as well.
0: And when I was 12 and I got a new set, I remember you took my old ones, and I don't reckon I until the day that you just took my putter and I rocked up down at the uh, the Junior Masters at Waverly Private and didn't have a putter with me. I if we're talking
3: didn't, about didn't, Junior sports, the cut um, I remember I still remember the day that Steve – he had a trophy on, you know, one of very few trophies on his shelf and, you know, there's a few more on mine. And, um, so it was pretty sparse and no one at warps didn't recognise as a trophy. So it was this mounted cricket ball um, and Steve had got it in a, a hat trick that he took in, in juniors that, you know, I'd, I'd take it a, a massive um, catch down, um, fine leg or actually it might have been a, cup, a left-hand diver, absolute screamer. Anyway, Warbs went up to the mantelpiece, took the ball out of its orb and started knocking his bat in with it. <laughs> <laughs> Steve was not happy at all. <laughs> I
0: don't know how many hat-tricks you guys have taken, but it's it's something that, yeah, you, you respect the trophy. That ball, it hit more bat on from Warbs than it did that day I was bowling, I can
3: tell you that. War, Warbs' cashmere grey nickels power spot had never been better knocked in. <laughs>
0: uh, anyway, yeah. Um, well, Warbs, it's, um, it's good that we managed to lure you back from Canada anyway. So, um, good luck with the golf club sale. But as we mentioned earlier, we have had a bit of spare time over the last couple of weeks sitting around. So, we thought we'd put our minds together and come up with a list of the biggest highlights uh, and perhaps in some cases some lowlights across the season, across each of our teams. So, while we've hopefully still got some finals to look forward to for a number of our teams, the end of the regular season is a bit of a moment to look back and reflect then. Why not in lockdown when there's not a whole heap else we can be doing? So, we might kick it off with the seniors, Rob. I know um, I'm sure you've been talking to Tom as you put these ones together, but you've got some
3: highlights across the year for us. Oh, it's been it's been tough compiling a list. Um, there's been so many highlights this year. And- and even though we haven't had many social functions because of the circumstances, there's, there's a lot of highlights on the field that um, I'd like to mention. So I suppose the first one for me, and this, really, um, this was one that Diggs pointed out on the, the Nodcast earlier in the year, Chris Campbell against Ormond, tearing his hamstring on, on the halftime siren and then making his way in the second half down to the mob. That was, that was, a, that was a massive highlight. Great performance um uh, a big a big shout out to Sam Michael for his on-field um, performances this year. He's um you know he's clearly got to be the recruit of the year in the Vafa. Um and you know the energy that he's brought to the, the group um the way that he can sort of identify the different constellations on a on a um, starry night out of training it's been really powerful and and a, and a big shout out to Alan too. Um, I know that I may have stumbled over her name a couple of times earlier in the year, so um, she's been a really big supporter of the club as well. Um, another big moment was against Ivanhoe, in our what turns out to be our last game. Um, for those who were walking their dogs that day, they would have seen big Mac Andrew scoop a ball up um, probably the first minute of the game, running into an open goal and... Uh, kicked it at a right angle, missed from the goal line, <laughs> and then proceeded to lean against his head against the post. <laughs> <laughs> I highly recommend if you get a chance, go to Baffert TV, watch the first minute of the game and uh, very entertaining stuff. <laughs> he missed us as another one similar to that um, soon after, but then slotted a beautiful goal, I think in the, the third quarter to sort of, or the last to get us going. So, um yeah, Max has been a, a revelation this year. Um, against uh, Hampton. So we played Hampton Founders Day. We had a, a lockdown and a, a buy, and then we played Hampton again. Um, and Peter Banfield, you know, the, the coach, he was pretty up and about. He wanted to make sure guys weren't resting on their laurels after our big Founders Day win. So in the pregame... You know, he, he, he gave one of the big rev-ups and he, he, he sort of reserves those. Um, he only brought him out a couple of times this year. But against Hampton, he was given the big rev-up before the game. He's like, you know, it's one-on-one battles all over the ground today. I'm going to head-to-head with the coach as well. He hasn't been where I've been. I'm going to win that battle. <laughs> he, was, he was pretty confident he was going to win the coach's box um, battle that day. And uh, the boys got a big kick out of that one. Uh, another big moment, Simon Hall. Um, he's been a he's been a Nordcast favourite this year, and um, you know he brought he brought it early in the season where he came to preseason with his long locks after lockdown, and he really lent into it and he's kept it. and In his most recent game against Ivanhoe, he, he he'd even he'd worked the long hair into the samurai type setup, so he went the top knot with the the locks out the back. Um, and he even had the he even had the confidence to um, pick on an opposition player for his undercut, so he was pretty <laughs> confident. Um, and it turned out he got in a little wrestle that day, Paulie, um, and he was going at it um, for for a while. And he said it was the worst decision he's made because he's never been more tired. But it turns <laughs> out that he broke his back against Ivan <laughs> that day, so he's got a he's currently got a um, a fracture in his in his, one of his vertebrae in his back. Um, he's wearing a full uh, body splint currently um, and he's, he's struggling a little bit. So um, um, yeah, reach, send him a text, reach out to him. It, it's, it doesn't look good. He sent the, he sent the x-ray through it. Um, there's definitely a break in, in that back. Um, so yeah, definitely a shout out to Simon Hall. He's, he's been one of the highlights for the year of what he's brought on and off the field. That's not good. And it, it's another endorsement of the Nodcast curse. So
0: we'll we should probably be pleased that the footy's done for the year because um, it's another broken back. I, like, we would only been popping hamstrings. And,
3: yeah, yeah no, it's, it's and definitely worse. It's got worse. Uh, a Bit of a serious one. Jared Ruff is Specky in round two. Um, we were an absolute five-goal blitz in the first quarter against Marcelin out, out there. And um, Rafa sat on someone's shoulders for about a week um, and he's been singing about it ever since. So <laughs> He was pretty happy with that, but it was an absolute ripper of a mark. One of the best I've seen in my time. I yeah, think I the re-emergence of two metre Peter. So Peter Rosanitis strutted back in about round four or five and absolutely dominated from the, the rack. He was, he was kicking goals. He was, um, you know, throwing jumper punches. He's had a really good season and his namesake for has done the same. So there's a bit of, there's a bit of energy there. There's Definitely some symmetry. Liam Sherlock for taking Sam Deegan's position, role in the team, and ultimately his identity. I think he definitely needs to get a shout-out. That's not a highlight. That's a low light. If anything, <laughs>
2: that's... Yeah. He's been, he's I'm been pretty impressive
3: this year, Sherls, and it's it's been nice to have a uh, a redhead in the team other than Warps that's got a little bit of a sidestep and... Um, some, some, some <laughs> good skills. So. he hasn't almost
2: taken mark of the century, though, Rob. Has he? That's, that, that that's true. That thing is true. He but
3: he did get almost knocked out in our most recent game against Ivanhoe. Um, in one of his one of his efforts. So, um, probably not. Maybe not the altitude that you get. Uh, a couple, two more. So, we've got. I think one of the highlights this year was the the prodigal sons returning. So we got Liam Riley, Damien Byrne. Steve Walsford all came back to the club after being away for a couple of seasons. So that was a, that was a huge win and all contributed. Um, and it took us to our last game to get Steve back out in the park. But I think they're, they're all going to show a lot of form going into next year. And I think the, the big highlight, um, number one highlight for the seniors this year has been the work of Nary North Physio. They've been an outstanding sponsor <laughs> of this the club. Um, they've done a lot to to get some of the key players up on the up on um, the field and feeling really good about themselves. So um, I'd be remiss not to mention them. So yeah, Nary North Physio. M-
0: mentioning
1: Nary North Physio, I think there's been a large omission from from the top moments of uh, the senior season. What do um, you reckon? Well, surely, Gus Paddy, the bugler, has to be up there at the all-time greatest moment in Baffler history. Do you you... played the last post and then ran out at the first siren and taken the first ruck bounce, and then proceeded to
0: kick the first goal of the game? He did make his
3: way a while though.
0: <laughs> it did. That was a cold that That's even better, though. That's like, I was thinking when you were talking about Simon Hall's neck that you were going down the like Kurt Angle won a gold medal with a oh, broken God. neck type direction. Obviously, it took a turn for the worse so you didn't go there. But, but I feel like to continue with the wrestling theme, the best move, power move, is just making the whole field wait for 10 minutes while you just slowly go in there, have a shower, get yourself dressed, have a bite to eat, kind of thing. And then just to kick the first goal is, is, is amazing. But my question would be, in the spectrum of best moments from Gus Patty and his bugle, what's better? Is it
3: doing that or is it playing in the mob? The mob. The, mob, 100%. 100%. The, the, a little bit more, uh, how do you say, spontaneous, probably a little bit more improv involved, I reckon. I, I feel like it was a little bit tight, the... Um, the bugle, the last post bugle. I feel like the improv at the, but you and were there. You were there um, for the the mob more than I was, I suppose. And See? people can get around him in the mob while he's
2: while he's doing it. I guess with the the last post, it's a it's a respectful thing, and you got to stand there and um, not really move or do anything, just admire it. But in the mob, it's yeah, this is getting you fired up. So hopefully, <laughs> twenty twenty two or even. If we get to play some finals this year, it makes another appearance because uh, I'm sure everyone in the Masnod community wants to see that.
1: I'm surprised it was tight for the last post because I was in the unique position of travelling with Gus to that game. And uh, I jump in the car and he's sucking on a chuppa-chup, first of all. <laughs> and then mid-conversation, he just starts to his lips around making trumpet <laughs> noises. He was more worried about warming up the lips than he was warming up the body.
0: I'll tell you that. Was he Tom in the rooms pre-game? Was like when you guys were all doing the old one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, Was he sitting off to the side, like just warming? Up? No, he's doing the bumblebees. He was doing it. He was doing it
1: in sync with the one, two, three,
2: four, five. <laughs> uh, very good.
0: That is uh, good. Uh, it's, it's probably a good spot to to end the seniors. So appreciate that, Rob. Um, Deeks, have you um had your tentacles out pulling together a list for the twos?
2: Yeah, I have. It's a very um. I've only just put the list together because we initially said we weren't doing it. So, hasn't gone. <laughs> Uh, oh. <laughs> hasn't been as much preparation on this list as as some of the other teams, but
3: keep the production yeah. meetings to yourself, Deegs.
2: <laughs> just so you know, in case I miss any, because um, yeah, haven't had much time. But so few of the I've already mentioned it. Deegs' mark of the century, almost. That that would have been top of the list, but didn't hang on to it. So that's that's now uh, that's just an average moment from the, from the year. <laughs> <laughs> we had a couple of really good wins is the first
3: we time you've told us that you didn't hang on to it I've thought this whole time you actually brought it down
2: Oh Rob Imagine if I, hang, if I hung on to it I'd be talking about it nonstop For the last six months So <laughs> even more than I have been about dropping it <laughs> um, No we had some really good wins So we, we smashed Monash They were the At the time we, we thought they were the team to, to beat And we came out and absolutely pumped them Really good win. Um, we beat Ormond by a point. The old, uh, the old twos Ruckman Pencil Tim McDonald was playing. Nice to beat him. Uh, we've had um, so a uh, highlight was Ben Riley. Old little Ben Riley came back from injury. Decided to try and clean up every single player from UHS University. I don't know what their that stands for, but it's university or something.
0: Cle- clearly, uh, didn't get into their uni there or something like that. Back in his first no, no, high school days, he's
2: on the angry pills. Which little four foot Ben, he he doesn't really uh, strike me as a person that goes down trying to clean people up, but he did that day, and I don't know if he, I don't think he managed to get anyone. Unfortunately, <laughs> uh, one of the one of everyone's favourites was. The Monash game, the one I was just talking about before, Sean at halftime, we had a we had a pretty good lead, and he said, "That's it. We're starting again. The scores are 0-0. Zero, zero. We only win this game if we win the second half." So we ended up winning the game, but it was it was tight in the second half. We weren't sure if we actually won it or not. <laughs> We'd sung the song. We're sitting back down, and Sean decides to tell us that we've won the second half by one point. Um, and cheesy Tom Patterson if you if you know his character this won't surprise you decided to go absolutely berserk, run around the room, take all his clothes off and start <laughs> dancing in the middle. He was more excited about the the second half win <laughs> as opposed to as opposed to the the actual win which was really nice. And then <laughs> so, uh, Couple more. So this is this is a just this is more of a funny uh remembering sort of moment. We we had a bad loss. We lost by a few points to Old Geelong, and Jez Wellsford, the the DJ of the the twos, usually decided <laughs> to put on some sad songs, some Pete Murray, and <laughs> and, and uh, there was a bit of a there's a bit of a sing along to some sad songs after a loss. Yeah, the two's came with a couple of beers, which was looking back on Love it, that. it Love pretty that. funny. That's great. That's fantastic. Yeah. Probably should do it more often. Uh, I think because we weren't too sad very long after that. It was it was too funny. <laughs> That's really good. Uh, probably the probably the funniest moment of the year because um, we know the two's more about more about having fun and you know, these type of funny moments. So the best moment of the twos year was Will Hayes, Founders Day, played a, played a really good game, decided to, you know, message his mum and say, hey, I think you should get down to the club and watch me win the Founders Day medal.
0: It's
2: um, <laughs> going happen, get a couple of pics of me. She's, she's trekked all the way from... So sure. Annette's just jumped straight in the car, has she? Yep, she's jumped in the car, she's come down. From, I don't know where she lives, some, somewhere.
0: Yeah, Mount Waverley, I think. So Mount Waverley, 15
2: minutes away. She's come down with the camera. She's ready to go. And the, I, I don't know who was emceeing that night, but the the oh, Matt, Backhouse. Matt Backhouse had said, founder's Day medalist for the reserves. Dang. And oh. he was not happy. <laughs> he was not happy. stormed out. We didn't see him for a week. <laughs> he just walked up to the next game. So he's obviously put that one behind him but that's probably our best our best moment uh, for the season really and hopefully our season's still going and we can have some some better moments come finals time if we get to play which is uh, right. one one moment that i'd like to
3: reminisce would be Aiden Noon's second quarter against Monash that day. He jagged he, he, he a couple. He was up and about. Um, and then at halftime, he started on – after halftime, he started on the bench. And I said, what's going on, mate? He's like, no, they're waiting. They're waiting for the last quarter for when we got the wind. They're going to put me forward again. And then he ran out onto the field and did a calf and did, did a, couldn't finish the
2: game. So. Yeah, that was um, a – anything with Aidan um, becomes a highlight, really. <laughs> Especially when he kicks a few goals, he, he, everyone knows about
0: it.
3: Yeah, love the celebration. That's
0: great. Um, very good, digs. Before we move off the twos, um, as a you're in that unique position where you guys are playing finals, but you don't know when. Um, how are you and I'll be speaking to some of the other boys. How's everyone feeling at the moment?
2: Well, the the news came through pretty quick. I think Franny Paleski, the uh, unofficial coach of the team. <laughs> he likes to select. We know he likes to be involved in selection. He messaged pretty quick and said, as soon as the season was called, he said, "We're we're in, boys. We've we've made finals, which is nice." Um, I think they've put out. So initially, I I thought we're probably not going to play anyway. So you never know, but they've pushed the the end of season date back. So quietly optimistic that we'll get to play finals, which is good. And so. I think everyone's pretty keen, which is which is good.
0: And and putting the work in to keep the body cherry ripe for when oh, the call comes.
2: Absolutely, I'm ready to go,
0: Steve. I can see a couple of dumbbells leaning up against the wall in the background, and obviously um, only an hour a day of exercise, probably a bit less than you'd be used to, but you you just make do.
2: Yeah, hour probably warm up and cool down. That's what <laughs> that's all that gets me through. So. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely doing heaps of extras, Steve. Trying to keep the body right. Um, you know, I'm I'm known for that, which is good. So finals will be nice. <laughs>
0: good, it's good stuff. Um, all right, well, let's move along. Um, the next one we've got the threes, and so we're a very organised team down there, and probably not one that's that visible to the rest of the club. So some of this might be news to people, but. I've compiled them in a top 10 and I put them in order because I thought um, similar to yourself, Sam, a couple of – I went out to the group and just said, guys, give me some give me some suggestions on what we think the hearts of the season were. Um, and there was a couple of repeats in there that, I, you know, I thought I'd just roll them in together. And there was a couple of nominations that involved me and I really, you know, probably unlike yourself, D's didn't want to put them at the top end of the list. So I just thought I'd throw them out at the bottom. So I might, might kick off with 10, which was just um, – uh, the season kicked off pretty well for us with two of our guys, um, which is not bad for a third. Sam being announced in that very peculiar aligned team of the decade. So the old 2001 to 2011, <laughs> Mazinod's own version of what a decade is. So Sam Reed and Scotty Valpott. Wasn't it, two of it, was it 98 to 2002? <laughs> I don't know. Not too sure. But whatever it was, we, um, we we managed to get a couple of guys in there, which given the decade finished, 11 years ago where we're doing something right, at least in terms of keeping these guys on life support and trotting them out there every week. So so that was number 10. Um, number nine, it, it's it's fairly rare in the this day and age, but particularly in the sort of old-fashioned style of football you get in thirds that you get a midfielder just piling on the goals over the course of the year. But we... We managed to have a, uh, a guy who, who didn't play in the forward line the entire year, finish third in the league goal kicking, um, which was me. So get around me, um, Diggs. <laughs> uh, I'm like self-actually hang on to that one. So that one was uh, thrown out there. I was, I was robbed by the last round of the season too because if we never came back, I would have finished second. Anyway, um, so that was, that, that, was, uh, that was obviously one of the big highlights for the year, but couldn't squeeze it in above number nine. Um, number eight. We had a fly-in fly-out for a game. We lost the first two of the season and things were a bit dire. And so we we just caught up Ryan Kay, who was our sort of very solid centre-half back for the last couple of years, who works at the airport in Sydney. And he got an exemption to fly down, literally flew in, played the game, got us a win in round three and flew back and never came back again. But um, the old FIFO just got us a win there. So Ryan Kay came in at number eight. Number seven was the rise of a couple of of the smaller guys, um, Rick Ruffalo and Jamie Sotrara, who both just really took a huge step forward this year in their football. And um, Ricky, as we talked about in the last episode, goes in to the uh, last couple of rounds, massive chance to win the BNF, um, equal leading. And Jamie Sotrara had a huge year as well where he went from sort of a bit of a you know back pocket, forward pocket type to genuine midfielder. And both of those guys basically dominated every week. So huge years from the two of them. He'd be um, a 10-year player now
3: too, Jamie, wouldn't he?
0: Yep, he was playing definitely 2012 because um, this makes me sound old, but I remember he was playing and he kicked four in my 150th in 2012. So he's definitely playing there. And he might have even been a year or two before that. So, yeah, 10-year player. Uh, number six, a few young guns that just probably – we don't have too many of these guys running around in threes land, but um, Shannon Ranatunga, Alex Dabb, um, Josh Kawaji, they – Huge parts of the team this year, not just as on-field performers who got better and better as the year went on, but even just characters around the group. Everyone really enjoyed um, having those guys around and, you know, hopefully a huge part of the club for years to come. So fantastic to have a bit of young blood and they had a really positive influence over the course of the year. Number five, um, we talked about this through the year, but I think it's worthy of making the list as well. Maddie Giuliano, who... Did a few things, all of which contribute to him being number five on this list. The first one was he got very excited on the Thursday night prior to round one and tried to clean up pickles and badly hurt his shoulder in the process. He then, being the great team man that he is, spent the next eight weeks umpiring for us because the league didn't have any umpires. Um, and then eventually, after a couple of lockdowns, he made his comeback with a couple of weeks to go and just went straight back in the forward and started kicking snags. So... Huge area in every capacity by Matty Giuliano. Does Number everyone four, call him
2: – can I interrupt? Does everyone yeah. call him the G train? Because he's that's exactly what comes to mind when I when I see him play. He's got the big, booming left foot, plays out of the forward line, not overly tall. Very
0: really good question. No one's ever called him that. He's a, a carpet no, snake about
2: Yeah, great, great. Big, big, big chest, chest on him. I thought, that was, I thought everyone called him the G train. He knows man. where the
0: goals are too. Yeah. He, he's been. Was yeah, some been. That, that should catch on. Might take that one back to preseason next year. Um, number four hey, was uh, th- this one. We had a bit of a recap when we did our vote count the other week and we talked about a few highlights of the year and this was one that Tom B. Young, coach, got this guy to stand up and tell the story. Um, Shane Doyle, who I don't know if too many guys the in ultimate. the club would know. He's a – yep. Oh, no, no, that's a no, different guy. That's him, Craig. Um, Shane Doyle is a uh, huge heart and soul part of the team. Um, Tom and, and Deegs, you guys would have a strong affiliation. He's got very red hair. He um, hasn't played a huge amount of footy in recent times, but came back to the club last year, played a few, the year before last, played a few games. And then this year, having never kicked a goal, round three, Melbourne high, he just takes one on the wing. He sells about eight bits of candy, does two blind turns, somehow gets through eight blokes trying to tackle him and jags one from about 20. Does a massive celebration just as the halftime siren goes. And um, after we walked out to halftime, the umpire came up and said to me, oh, geez, you know, you guys kicked a couple of really good goals. I think I kicked a decent one as well, which probably came up to me. And said, oh, you guys kicked a couple of gills. You and that other guy, like, that was, that was a really, really good goal. For this standard of footy, you don't see anything like that. And I said, oh, you know, it's actually the first goal he's ever kicked. Um, and he goes, oh, well, he's got to retire then. You're never going to do anything better than that. And um, I told Doyle that after the game. Doyle got injured later in the game. Told him after the game. And he sort of goes, oh, I'll think about it. And um, played one game after that and got badly concussed. I think he's pulled up, pulled the boots Oh, so no. he's, he's retired now. So, um, yeah, unfortunately, um, that was his highlight. But it was it was a very big highlight for the year. And as he said, he probably just should have taken the bloke's advice and walked up at half-time and never come back. <laughs> Number three, the club is a very resourceful place. And obviously, it's been a tough year with, you know, the inability to run functions and interruptions in the bar and canteen and all those sorts of things. Um and, you know, Don Barker, much maligned on this podcast at times for being the man
3: behind the purse strings. Oh, I, we um, might have to talk about that later. You had, had the crosshairs, or lack thereof, on um, Warbs, the like that Did he? Well, that a bit. Well, well, this is all about a, a Don Barker appreciation because
0: um, he, he does a great job in all of the capacities that he performs around the club. But in particular... Um, demonstrating the most frugal and resourceful of treasurers you could ever imagine, just decided to front up an umpire our game one week because he didn't want to fork out the 50 bucks to pay another umpire, I think it was. So um, Dom, who, who wandered down in the pouring rain, just ran around as umpire, um, one, one eye on the play, one eye on the canteen to make sure that no one was going in there and taking anything out of the fridge because he was simultaneously mounting that up. Effort and then hung around and had a couple of Gears with us after the game of course um, paid for by the thirds wouldn't, wouldn't ever put it on the club offers um so so don was number three on the list number two and this is where we really hit the big time so as you guys know there's been some really big performances um in the public sphere over the course of the year by a couple of the the uh, thirds guys and Number two, we talked about it at the time, but this guy went absolutely viral. Um, Sam Craig, who the ultimate resi immortalised with one of the biggest don't argues you'll ever see. Here he is. And he, he was actually brought up in the very... I've never made the link. I thought I'll save this to the end of the year to make this link for you, B. but he was one of the first first people brought up. It might have been a whisper or a match review, but... In The very first practice match, Steeggs brought up the guy from the thirds who ran onto the field and immediately did the hammy, and that was Sammy Craig. Um, and then he obviously he made his comeback later in the year because he's um he's he basically now immortalized in ultimate footy folklore. And you know, I don't know what it got to, it was past a million views last time I looked at it, so he's um he's he's huge, but wasn't the most well known and visible person from the thirds this year because this man took that and raised it about tenfold. And anyone who watched the Olympics over the last few weeks will be very familiar. Our big, bustling, full forward, Steph Davis, starring in the Hydrolite commercial. And I don't know if you guys have had this on repeat, but he he obviously does a bit of acting work on the side, it would appear, because he just, on my screens, watching the Olympics, might have been the closing ceremony, and there's big Steph swinging a garbage bag round and round like a hammer throw. (laughs) And chucking it out to the curb, and then drinking down some hydrolite, Um, and and that's been playing across every channel, twenty four seven, just getting the club's name out there. So, Jeff Talking about
3: about Olympic, talking about Olympic lookalikes. Did everyone see Chris Collins in the discus? Former, former, former club great came 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 fourth in the discus. It was an amazing effort. We have spoken about
0: this, haven't we? We did. We did. We did. Yeah. um, Yeah. It, it was. It was. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know if there's a, a countdown for former players' highlights of the year, but I reckon <laughs> Collar's appearance at the Olympics probably probably sneaks in there. Um, right. We can so, we can slice that out if you want. I
3: I'd forgotten <laughs> we mentioned it.
0: All good. Um, but yeah. So uh, so yeah. On field, probably not the most positive year for the thirds, but definitely plenty of highlights. So let's move on. Um, the 19s, Rob. You and I divided this one, so I've got no idea how this is going to work. Um, why don't? Do you want to kick us out with the first few, and then I'll jump in and give you a couple others?
3: Yep, let's let's do that. Um, I've 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 had to pull out all stops to to get compile this list. Obviously, we know that the the 19s like to keep a few things to themselves, and it's a little bit hard to crack exactly what they're up to. But um, I I I enlisted a nodcast grade. Um, the great Fev, Alex Poleski, just to just to get a bit of a sense of how things are going down in the Blacks, um, and I think you've got a few comments on the on the All Conquering Blues. I do I've had, to, so, I had to really
0: go undercover to get in there and get some stuff, but we've managed to get it. So
3: first, first cup of the right big moment the, the the who turned out to be captain. We didn't find this out until about round six. Um, because Alex didn't tell us when he was on the podcast. He, he led us to believe that he was the captain. But Pondy um, lost his tooth, got punched out um, one of the rounds. So we've got some photo evidence. We might have to put it on, on the socials just so everyone sees. But he, he lost one of his tooth, uh, teeth, sorry, uh, quite comical. Gianni's last quarter um, haul on Founders Day, big Gianni um uh, just took it upon himself to... to close it out on founder's day big big game player just like our man will in the in the reserves so um he he had a big one in the founder's day which was great to see um the boys got a big win over peninsula we've had the wood over him for a little while and always good to beat peninsula obviously maslow has got a bit of history with them over the years uh a couple of the boys, and we spoke about this earlier in the year, a couple of boys um, were celebrating one of the wins um, and were trying to talk their way back into public house to get their jackets. A couple of the young boys um, didn't really know the how the how the night scene works. When you've been asked to leave from an establishment, it's pretty hard to get yourself back in, but they were pretty adamant. And then big source, Walesy, uh, was able to scoop them up after the night and, and all sorted out, but they were... Um, yeah, they were they were trying to work their way back into the, the establishment. Cooper Fisher, all oh year he's somehow been rolling this this thick long mop. Uh, he's a, he's actually Year Twelve at Maseno, so he's um he's snuck under my radar. But it's it's become apparent lately that he, he was playing in a headband and that hair was flying everywhere. So it's a fair achievement for a student to be rolling with that. Um and big Paulesque. Um I asked him to give us some highlights of the year, and he. He only gave me two. Um, he said, a bit of a funny one. I can't believe this happened, but I actually missed one from the gold square on Founders Day. So it's got a bit of humility. <laughs> and then very quickly he comes back. I also kicked gold the year. So you better mention that one as well. <laughs> So, Did you ask for team
0: highlights or individual? Yeah, I, I, said, just... I said, I'm
3: not looking for individuals. I'm just I'm looking for culture-building moments. Um, what were the highlights of the year? And he said he came back with those two things. So uh, I appreciate his help, but um, pretty narrow sort of focus.
0: <laughs> the big fair, it's, it's like the, the original fair, I guess, not not looking too far away from himself when he's um when he's in front of the big sticks. Um. So... Did you have any others on the Blacks? Or?
3: No, that, that, that's, that's all I that came through.
0: Well, <laughs> I, I feel like you've, you've been generous to old Pilesh as well just because I think um, one of the, certainly in the Nodcast highlights of the year was, um, well, it's not really one, it's about eight, but each of the times the hamstring got torn um, yes, definitely true. gave us many, many minutes of content to take uh, He's to. He to has, been, he has to. been
2: mentioned a
3: lot, hasn't he, well, he
2: has, and and,
3: we, and has been helping... Two of our, uh, two of our fo- follow Nodcast um, participants tonight, I know Deegs has been using his program. I know Warb's ripped a hammy recently as well. So I know they've been leaning on Pilesk, um the great Feb, lately just to get a program up and up and running.
1: He did offer me some of his homemade
3: pickle juice that he's not made
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh. If it it will get you back out there in a week and then back injured again the week after, so your choice if that's useful to you. Um, for the Blues, got got a few few from across the course of the year. Um, best win of the year definitely Trinity at home in round four. Um, they played a few weak opposition in the couple, first couple of games and then came up against a really strong side and, and just great all round performance. And then I think the next week the other one was. Um, backing it up with a win against Uni Blues by a point. They got down early and, um, yeah, really strong wins. So a couple of really good wins for the team. Um, from an off-field perspective, the note I got through, and I, 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 I'm not exaggerating when I had to go deep under to get basically. I mean, I won't reveal my secret, but you get the players to talk, there was no way it was, anything was coming through the coaching panel. So this is directly from the mouth of the players. And the note I've got here is off-field, beer pong function was great and great has three R's. So I don't know if they're still feeling the after effects of big night on the beer pong, but um, obviously that one was well enjoyed by the 19th blues (laughs) guys. A few big individual moments of the year were Jackie Caspers. We talked about him on the Nodcast a bit, but his big bag of eight in round one. Um, There was uh, a big one. We talked about the come from behind win against uni blues and Boise, uh, kick four that day, really great performance from him individually, and um, the other one that day, Lockie Boyle, big game-winning tackle in front of goals in the last minute or so against Uni Blues, keeping Mazzotta ahead by a point for the win. Really big individual highlight for the year. And speaking of um, Boise, who kicked the four, um, he was another one. Is he's about ten foot, and he took an absolute monster mark on the top of some guy's head in front of the right on the wing in front of the home crowd against Old Trinity early in the year. So really big one there that was memorable. And then just a couple of others quickly to round it out. Um, The first one, the, you know, I guess this is a bit of a sentimental highlight, but Zach and Cooper Fisher playing their first game together. Um, You mentioned Cooper. The two of them getting out on the field, which given the Fisher family history at the club um, is, is a great sign and a great, um, you know, moment in the evolution of that family in the Mazinod uniform. Um, the second one, uh, and we, it's funny, we've talked a bit about tonight, people being a bit disgruntled on Founders Day. And it's funny how, you know, eight weeks later and a couple of lockdowns and suddenly people, it starts to come out a bit, but um, Jackie Casper's kicked date on Founders Day and didn't win the medal. And absolutely Ooh. filthy from what I understand. Mitch McCarthy won the medal. And yeah, I've, I've, I'm not going to re- reveal whether this came from Jack's mouth or not, but there's been threatened walkouts from the team and, you know, I'm not playing finals <laughs> unless that's retrospectively changed. A bit like, you know, we'll Mitchell Mitch? trying to get their brown line.
3: Yeah, I-, I can see Mitch probably was responsible for passing most of those to Jackie. So maybe an astute coach picked that one.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But I-, I believe all's been resolved now, but it was definitely contentious for a while there. And then the last one, um, and this, this was a clear number one, but Zach Fisher taking a week off training for a romantic getaway down to Dramana.
3: Um, oh, what? Really that?
0: unsettled the boys in the <laughs> ranks, particularly as they're, they're hopefully making a premiership run. The commitment was questioned. Well, commitment to football was questioned, clearly not commitment to his relationship. That's very strong. Oh, wait, we're all um, for that. that was, we're yeah, for all for that. That's
3: on all right. don't mind that. It's all
0: right. So, um, Let's keep giving him a few tips. <laughs> <laughs> There's been a few of those over the last last couple of years It, it seems to be probably rightly so A, a healthy balance in people's personal lives um, So anyway, that was in that was 19 So Deeds, you, uh, you've gone undercover in your own house and, and sussed a bit out about the girls Yeah, not in not my house But I did go to, to the two
2: coaches and, and ask them to give me a list So what do you want to start with? The resis or the seniors?
0: Your are driving, mate. Whatever you want.
2: No, all right, all right. Well, I've got the I've got the ready. are uh, the seniors ready to go. So, um, yeah, Paul Deegan, He's he's done this a little bit different. It's not really moments. He's done sort of a. He's written best win of the year. So we'll, I'll read it. Oh, I'll yeah. read him, and you'll and you'll follow follow what he's done here. So best win of the year. They won by ninety two points, which I think is a is a record. Um. Kicking that many points, which is good. Their mark of the year, um, obviously female mark of the year, because attempted mark of the year was me. <laughs> <laughs> but their mark of the year attempted was Adele Curley. Uh, she almost took. Uh, I think I was there. Was that, that Richmond game. Central?
3: I was there. I think that was the one we were at.
2: Uh, well, he hasn't written that one, but that one was a was a ripper as well. But there's uh, there's been a few where we've thought that she was going to take. Take an absolute scream, and she's dropped a few this year. Unfortunately, <laughs> uh, <laughs> goal of the year, Lara Del Conti. No surprise there. She's kicked a few. She loves a couple of snaps from the boundary. Or well, this one was a banana, apparently. Um, game of the year from a, from a player playing perspective. So, Maddie Parlow. I think we went through it the last in the last uh, podcast. Was she's just. On an absolute mission to to get the ball as much as she could and hurt as many opponents as she could, and she was the she was a human wrecking ball during that that final against Ivanhoe. I think they won by a couple of goals from memory. She broke her uh, wrist, didn't she? She yeah she yeah shoulder or arm or something yeah something
0: arm related. Will um, she will she be able to be back now because of the maybe if, if this goes on for a few more weeks? Imagine that you play in the first final, break your arm, and then you're back by the second final, <laughs> cast off, and everything. She
2: might, that's uh, that is a good point. Good, good for her. It, so
0: I'm going written... to be back from a broken back the way that this is going. We might be playing these finals in 2020. Yeah, we missed finals, Steve. Remember, thanks for reminding us.
3: Uh, yeah, true. One <laughs> percent.
2: So, the game of the year, he's this is the only one he's written two for, he's written um. The other game of the year was his own performance during uh, the scratch match earlier in the season, which we (laughs) he kicked a couple of goals, um, (laughs) firing and playing up forward. So, yeah, that was good. Dummy spit of the year. So, we know Danny Dodos. She's a fiery customer. White line fever gets to her. She apparently lost it. Lost it one game against. The opposition ruckman and the umpire tried to take both, both on at once so oh, no um that's the best dummy spit of the year and the best excuse for not playing uh is Jess Borabon, and he he doesn't know what this is because he's just put about eight question marks behind it but the reason she couldn't play was she went to cosplay so i've I've Googled oh. what cosplay kind of is because I didn't really know. I didn't Did want to guess.
0: Dungeons and Dragons or
2: something. I think that's what it is. It's a dress up, like a yeah, what what would you call it? Like a um, superhero or you know, it's it's like costume, costume play, is yeah. what yeah. it's called Yeah,
0: cost yeah. No. yeah, there you go. Costume play. Wow, that's that's I so like she, it. That's yeah, unique. And then yeah,
2: that is interesting. So then the two highlights of the year. So the the first one, these are the two, the two best. The first one is when um, Founders Day, the senior men's and women's – well, I think there was more than yeah, that. There was other people yeah. in there sung sung the song together. Um, yep. There's about 80 people in the circle, which was – that was a really good – one of the best moments I've seen in my time at the club. And then and then the, the best moment um, from the, the girls' perspective was the Pride round where they had um, – a half-time drag queen,
0: mm,
2: pump, pump yes. the girls up, um, which I yeah thinking back on, I think that's a that could be a weekly thing uh, for, the, <laughs> a weekly? for the boys for the boys. Yeah, get some get uh get a drag queen in there, for a bit of a dance off, cheesy every week. All right,
0: yeah, every week. I think yeah, if there's if there's any lesson to be learned this year, it's that sides like the ones and the threes that just have the pregame tunes aren't making finals because they're not taking music serious enough. Because you've got the teams that are having the halftime drag queen performances, yeah. the post-game sad songs when they lose, they're the ones playing finals. There's clearly a correlation.
3: Well, actually, in our last game against Ivanhoe, we, uh, we, Warbs and I got the brief from Peter Banfield. He wanted to, he, he thought the, the modern tunes had been a bit soft from Jackson D'Angelo. Uh, he wanted it something a bit harder, get bit a buy-in-the-tigers sort of vibe. Uh, so we we got up with the with the older school tunes, a bit of Blink-102, a bit of Silverchair, <laughs> a bit of Red Hot Chili Peppers, it's a bit of education for the young boys. They had no idea who they were,
2: but they loved it.
3: <laughs> Sometimes you don't know what you're going to love. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, anyway, back to back to the, the girls. So that that's their best moment. I've just thought of one which he didn't put in himself, but choosing to stand... On the opposite yes. side of the ground, with no cover in uh, a torrential rain, uh, hail storm, just that—that that takes the cake for me personally. What about
3: Jakey Charman's number crunch on how many wins they needed to make five? We could have a Jake Charman top
2: ten list. If we maybe,
0: to. maybe we might save that for our next episode because I think. Yeah. There's a fair bit of content on Jake's year. He's had a great year in many ways. Let me history. give you one,
2: which actually just came through about a half an hour ago. They, the girls did have a Zoom meeting, um, before this, well, before we started the podcast, and apparently Paul was going going through like, yeah, um, anyone in your 5K meet up with them in pairs and do some stuff. Be ready to play. Don't just stand on the boundary. Snap in goals. Do some running change it up, you know, work like, get something out of it. Jake, um, you know, as he does, sort of zoning out, not really listening, gets thrown to, oh, Jake, you got anything for us? Sort of wakes back up. Yeah, I reckon everyone should uh, practice their snaps from the boundary. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently how that went. So anyway, that that's one for the Jake Charman file as well. Uh, <laughs> uh, not surprised hearing that one so that's that's the senior girls we'll move on to the the resis so georgia sent this one through sorry just finding me notes so um a few of these crossover because obviously they were they were involved with the the pride round the drag queen at halftime um catherine we didn't we did mention this a few weeks ago where catherine uh sef studis uh Three years or two, two two and a half years, she's been saying she wanted to kick a goal and her reaction would be something that needed to be seen to be believed. And then Georgia forgot to tell me what the reaction was.
3: What? Um, yeah, don't you remember that? Yeah, 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 I do. I do. Yeah. I, I thought you hadn't been told now. Have you been oh, told I've been now? told now. I've been told oh, okay. now. So okay. She,
2: um, apparently she tried to do she tried to jump over to Dakota, who's the the six foot tall um, full forward. Didn't do that. Then, sort of, I know the Olympics hadn't happened, but Olympic inspired. Then tried to do a couple of cartwheels into a backflip and face-planted. You know, oh, it didn't no. work either. So she had a crack though, which is um, which is all that we want to hear on the podcast. The next one, Anthea Calatus, she had a. So this is a bit more serious. She had a few health scares and surgeries throughout the season, but um, managed to come back and and start playing some really good footy and helped the girls get get into finals. And what you want? Yeah, Mother's Day. So a few mums playing in the Resies, uh, which is good. Yeah. So Hannah and Chane, they uh, had a bit of a, you know, I think they sort of got a speech done about them and what it means to, to be a mother playing on Mother's Day, which is, is pretty cool for them. I wouldn't know anything about it because um, I'm not a mum. Uh, but, yeah, that's cool for them. <laughs> I've added one in here. So Georgia's halftime spray on Founders Day. This is one I got sent. Um, Georgia was first half. Not, I think we I think sort of remember talking about at the time that they weren't really playing very well in the first half, needed a bit of a spray at halftime, got them over the line. Apparently, uh, what she did was during the second quarter, she wasn't happy with what was happening. So she started l- writing a list of player numbers from Masnod of who wasn't manning up their opponent well enough. So it wasn't really concentrating. Just every time she saw one writing down a number, she ended up with 18 different numbers on the list. <laughs> so that's the whole team. Uh, <laughs> so she went off her tree... And but it, they responded. To, they got something out of it. They ended up winning, so that was good. Um, we've obviously got Steve O specials. That's a that's a highlight for the the resis. Yeah. Um, mm. We've talked about that in the past. Haley, the team mascot. I'm I'm not sure who this is, but she did the to- the coin toss one day and rigged it so that Masnod would win. Oh. The coin toss, which she was the
0: first one to run out, wasn't she? When they, when we launched yeah, the maybe. mascot program, I think earlier in the year. Yeah. Didn't realize so that she was, you know, doing the a coin card toss. shark and she's cheating the coin toss as well. <laughs> get her down at the to the casino for us at the blackjack tables. If you get away with it, I'm all
2: for it. Uh, I I'll, I'll, I'll love hearing those ones. So maybe we, uh, we need a bit more of that around the club. Bit of a, maybe who, who was umpire Simon Fisher was umpire if he uh, could help out the Masnod guys a bit more, I reckon. He's always across the umpires, D. Yeah. He's always- <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, so one of the, one of the best ones, a bit more of a serious one. So Blair, Bunter and Cat Newman tore their ACLs in 2018, um, stayed with the team, became team managers and tried to help out wherever they could in 2019. And then they both played uh, their first games together uh, throughout the year, which is really nice. So, But like like the resies and like the seniors, that's the top 10 moments up until now. But uh, hopefully if we can play finals, yeah, we can, yeah nice. we can add to those
0: moments, which is good. Absolutely. Very good. Um, well, thanks for that. As you say, there's five teams still going. So hopefully there's a few premierships that sit at the top of that list at some stage later in the year. Um, Warbs, as an avid listener of the podcast, I'm sure you've, you've been preparing for the next segment, which is, of course, everyone's favourite, the old weekly whispers. Um, did you have anything that you wanted to, to run with to kick us off?
1: uh i I didn't have anything
0: prepared but
3: um (laughs) he said he said he said 20 weeks
0: (laughs) six application letters in a video on facebook saying get me in i'm ready
1: (laughs) well i I think people know that i don't keep a secret too well but um (laughs) I, i did have someone contact me during the week because um i was listening in on last week's episode and uh, I was hearing Matt Backhouse talk about um, some of the up and coming 19s that were, uh, that were coming through. And um, I think he's done it without realizing, but he, he might have slipped someone into retirement Ooh. without them even knowing. So he might have dropped that a little bit too early. And uh, this person feels a bit pressured to uh, <laughs> step out of the team and, <laughs> and move aside for this up and coming young 19 year old. Is this Simon Hall? Is this Simon
0: Hall? That's
2: what I was thinking as well. Is it-, it could oh. be, it could be. <laughs>
0: does does the person, we don't name names, of course, in the in the rumours section, but does the person have a broken back?
1: Potentially has a broken back right now. <laughs> he, has, he has been carrying the back line for some time, so I'm not surprised. <laughs>
3: I reckon. I, I reckon. I remember that little, um, that subtle between the lines, because he was mentioning Andrew Kovac, who is a yeah. an outstanding halfback flank, good intercept player, um, has really strong bones, um, drinks a lot of milk and good <laughs> calcium levels. So, I reckon it might have been, yeah, might have been Hawley that he was sort of making a, a little sly remark towards, and that was before that it emerged that his back was broken. So, maybe he knew something we didn't know. Well, that that is a very, very
0: nice segue to my next one because this guy has both an injured back and is just being retired um, by someone else. And that was um, Ben Woods, Woodsy, who on Facebook was tagged in a post about... (laughs) No, sorry, not tagged in a post, I should say. Tom DeYoung, his coach, added him to the Mazanot Old Collision Ask Players Group. (laughs) 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 Anyway... You finish the season and your coach adds you to the past players' group.
3: I reckon there's a hint in there for you, Woodsy. That is the best way to get delisted from the thirds. It's not even like an exit interview. You just get added to the group. <laughs> Woody, he's gone from his
0: previous season. He played mostly you're in the ones and won the 2s the and BNF, Just sort of one year in the threes and then the coach is retired. So, yeah. Uh, Paul
3: Woods,
0: hasn't taken that one too well.
3: Oh, wow. Well, I've got, a, I've got a little, well, I've got a whisper that's it's turned into a roar lately. Um, and, you know, we, we, we obviously pride ourselves on breaking the big stories on the podcast, and, and we went with this pretty early. It was probably about round three or four that we, we rolled with this. And it, it's been building steam over the year. And the, the roar around um, the jumper change debate um, has reached fever pitch this week. Um, and I think it's it's probably a good time for us to have a little bit of a chat about it. There's obviously some pretty strong views flying around about do we do we go the, um, the new jumper, um, go the, the black Founders Day strip or do we stay with the traditional blue strip? Um, I had someone this week describe it to me as um, the, the crispies versus the anti-crisps. Um, the people <laughs> that want to... The- <laughs> <laughs> The fresh new gear or the ones that want to stay with the, the, the blue one. So uh, I'm, I'm really torn. It's an, it's an interesting issue because clearly you've got the um, – and I'm interested to hear everyone's thoughts on this, but clearly there's, there's two sides to the debate. Um, obviously, for change, there's the, the, the jumper that for a lot of people seems aesthetically pleasing – um, the black strip is quite striking and, and looks good. And I think that for a lot of people is, is attractive. What do you guys think about the the argument for the, the change?
0: Yeah, I think um, from my perspective and talking to a lot of people, I think that there's a bit of a history component. It goes back to what the original jumper at the college was. Um, and obviously the, you know, the college senior levels play with it. Um, I think there's, there's also having parity across the club. So we've got different teams in different strips at the moment, it's appealing. Um, and I think also, uh, and this is like a funny one that hasn't really been talked a lot about, but I know in some teams, and ours is one of them, we play in a clash strip like every second week because of the clashes with, um, with, with the regular uniform. So having something that's a bit more unique, meaning we actually get to play in our jumper, is probably a selling point for some people as well. Um, so I think, I think there's a few, but interestingly enough, one comment I would just make is I actually think the I think the debate's been fantastic. I think it's great that we can have a discussion about something that is important to the future of our club and is important to the past of our club, and people feel comfortable and open about really sharing what they think about it, and it's all done in a very respectful way. I think the club's done a great job of actually inviting consultation. Obviously, these things, you know, other clubs, they just go change it, whereas we've talked to past players like members, presidents... And the playing group, and that's probably, you know, what we're talking about at the moment. That there's a lot of conversation playing out. And I think it's great that this stuff gets done in the open in a respectful way and it's not a, you know, a thing that divides people but rather gives
3: everyone a voice. Yeah, and it's obviously really good that all the different stakeholders have agency in the decision. So I know that they've spoken to Life members, they've spoken to Mazenodians, they've spoken to past players, past presidents. They've spoken to current players at the moment who are um, obviously having a, um, a discussion about it, which is, which is really good. And, you know, the more people that you feel empowered in your footy club, the better it is for all types of decisions, not just footy jumpers.
2: There is, well, it's funny that you mentioned the players, obviously you guys would be aware, but we'll bring it, uh, bring it to the attention of our, of our listeners. There is a bit of a mutiny forming, so it was all a bit quiet, and then uh, now there's a, a few passionate uh, pleas to to sway a few people's minds, I guess, and not in a bad way, just to you know saying what what the jumper means to to the, the certain people that are posting and um, potentially some of their relatives or whatever. And there is a bit of a an anonymous sort of message that was sent in that has yeah, been Yeah, I saw
3: that. I saw the anonymous message. I had I had my thoughts on who this could be. So mm-hmm. let me let me uh, read out the
2: last the last sentence for you, Rob, because I know you you don't know who it is, but you're you're very interested. Um, yeah, you know, been been think about this. So I mean uh, yeah, you go for it. it's the, the, the passionate plea is signed off by kind regards, past player, water boy, bound umpire and supporter of 20 plus
3: years yeah so i was thinking about this um and that could that could be anyone maybe before I, i i guess who i think it might be i reckon maybe it's worth just mentioning what that that position or that argument for remaining is um i definitely see the the cultural and historical origins of the jumper is pretty powerful for you know former water boys and and boundary umpires and supporters of the club and players um, resonate with. And, I, and and it's it's really palpable. And I I know that Simon Hall, again, he he made a post today talking about how um, he really finds a connection with the club and the jumper because it's the same jumper that his his dad wore. He posted a photo with his current jumper next to his his dad's um, last one and he sees that as a really important thing. So clearly the jumper for a lot of people has that history um, and they don't want to change. Do you guys, obviously you guys feel the same about you can, you can identify with that idea. Yeah. Well, yeah.
2: I, I obviously, I, I, I'm, I'm happy to go out on a like, uh, well or put it out there. I'm happy to change to the new jumper. Um, I think it looks really good, but at the same time, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be angry if we kept the the original one. To be honest, I think, I think people obviously care more, uh, are more passionate about the change versus the people who are for the new jumper. So, people who are trying to save the old one, they're obviously going to be more passionate about the old one, which is good. But I think a lot of people would be the same, you know they're happy with the new jumper, but if it doesn't happen, no one will be uh, be too angry as well, which is yeah. a good thing.
0: Yeah. And I, I think that's been something, as I said before, I have been really pleased just watching how the debate's taking place because I think, while well, as you say, there's always, there's a lot of passion involved in these things and particularly people, you know, being those who are aligned to the thing that we already have. Um, it's been pleasing in the posts to see, you know, guys going, look, you know, I'm still going to support the club. And, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, the, the club still comes first and, you know, whatever happens, happens. But this is my position. And as I said before, I think that's really part of the respectful debate, I think, for both sides, that everyone's sort of saying, look, we get it. It's a thing that we can all feel passion and power and have a view on. But at the end of the day, club's bigger than all of us. Um, we're gonna, but I, we got to,
2: we are getting, sorry, Steve, we're getting a little bit serious though for the Nodcast. We so are, we are. We're, we we're going to have to so, bring this back to to who this this person is.
3: Yeah, well, I know you uh, want to have sorry. a couple
2: of guesses, Rob.
3: Waterboy. There's a. Well, I don't mean say, I, I, and ben I know who it is. So Like, there's there's a lot, Like, that could be you, Deeks, for instance. I know you're you're are I'm a current oh, I'm player. Quite put you in retirement yet, but you're, you're so there
0: are past player, Deeks. They definitely ben, don't play current. It could be. It could be Ben Woods. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think. I don't the think Nibble he would water waterboy. Tell boy. you that he he would not share the water. Um, I
3: I'm I'm thinking. Because for a bit of context for those listeners, Liam Riley posted this and said, this is what a past Waterboy boundary umpire and player had said. And so I'm thinking there's a bit of a family connection there. So I'm going to go out on a limb and I think it might be Slammer Riley, Sam Riley. That's, I, I've got, that's based on pure um, guess and I'm completely unsure, but that was my gut feel when I read it because I know Sam um, is a is a passionate Mazinod man um, and he – I could be completely wrong. But he my, does,
2: my, he does fit the profile, doesn't he? And and a few of his, his crew are, are getting the hashtag Save the Strip out there as well. So yeah. it, <laughs> it, could, but, but, it could be any of those. I I, thought I've I'm,
0: got a – so can I just give you a, a real left field throw, but just – Reflecting on it, fits ticks every box. So this is going to come across as a bit of conspiracy theorist, but um, Peter Fitzsimmons, the dad of Joel Fitzsimmons, no. who is Waterboy <laughs> boundary umpire and played one game for the Thirds a few oh. years ago when we were really short. Um, so ticks every box. He's he's in his sixties or fifties, so he definitely has been a supporter for twenty plus years. And I think most controversially. Fitzy's a very big supporter of the change of the strip and one was, was one of the real early ones agitating even even before the Nodcast originally broke the story. I reckon could be some trouble going on in the Fitzsimmons household as they're not all coping too well with the lockdown. And this is just Pete's way of just anonymously having a cheap shot at his son, yeah, trying it's to ruin the that. whole thing from the inside. And, and he's, just, he's cold called Liam Riley and gone, Liam, <laughs> have I got a scoop for you? Break the story.
2: Warbs, what do you reckon? We're both sort of paley uh looking, pale redheads. The black, what do you think? How's it how's it look on us?
1: Yeah, look, black isn't my colour, I'd say. Um but but on on the topic, I, I don't hold you know the the, the jumper in too much nostalgia as like as what it reflects, I guess. You know, we played in at school. We played in the in the stripes, and we played in the the senior uh, top, which was similar to the Founders Day top. But um, I I think you know, as long as it's got the Masnod symbol on it, I'd be happy to wear it, whether it's black, white, or blue. You know, it, it doesn't bother me either way. So I, I yeah, can understand people have cool. like a lot of history, but um, I'm I'm happy to wear the jumper as it
3: as it represents the club as a whole and the community as a whole. And I think that's probably a good good way to sort of round it out because essentially you'd want to pull on anything at this point, you know. Where yeah. you know, <laughs> we're stuck in lockdown, we've just missed finals by one percent. You know, there's there's um, boys and girls about to play finals. I reckon we'd all pull on whatever we could um, if we got the chance. So I suppose in the big scheme of things, it's not it's not a massive deal. Um, and I'm sure the club will come to a conclusion one way or the other that suits us going forward.
0: Absolutely. Um, any other whispers,
2: Deeks? Yes. Yeah, I do have one. I've been sitting on this the whole the whole show, and I uh, I'm glad I get to bring it up now. I have heard <laughs> a whisper. I've heard a whisper. So during lockdowns, you know, people start to get a bit, uh, you know, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? The, the you know, you start growing your beard out. You get a bit adventurous. That's the word I'm looking mm. for. Adventurous with your hairstyles and um, your beards and mustaches and whatever else i've heard that uh, our guest tonight you know he's he's lost the feathers over the last few years um but he decided to try and grow grow the hair back out and see what would happen uh (laughs) (laughs) on his bald head and just see see how it would look i heard he's obviously trimmed it up for tonight because it looks uh pretty normal but i heard it was getting a bit curly and a little bit um all over the shop, Warbs. Can is there any truth to this? Because if yeah, so, cheering. I'd love to see you grow it out uh, for our return to play, or you know, when we're allowed out and. Warbs, that's one and thing I can
3: comment on. Warbs has never had long hair. He had like he's never grown it out full long before. Can no. we? You know,
1: he's well, never well, had a no, headband. I've never, hair. I've never had super long hair, mainly because. It looks ridiculous. Um, <laughs> oh. Oh, it's it just curls out from the sides <laughs> on the sideburns, and then the, the top kind of stays straight on the wings and then goes curly at the front again. And, and how's uh, center half back looking, Bob? Oh center half back's pretty sparse. Some deep <laughs> forward pockets. The wings are looking pretty light on. But um you know, I, I don't mind growing it out while the the barbers are shut. But um, <laughs> you know, it's it's there's getting a bit of um, a few whites going through there, mate. You know, it's um, it's a bit of they say pepper <laughs> salt and salt, the pepper. with the well, a bit of uh, salt with the the rock
2: salt they say. The um, Himalayan <laughs> rock salt. <laughs> can we get? The can running. you can you promise us no haircut? What do you reckon until until um. If, if we're is lucky to have a presentation night, how long is that? Oh, right, yeah. Eight, eight weeks or so, hopefully. Um, that'll give us no a No haircut bit of a chance till to presentation speak. night. Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll put a deal. No haircut till presentation night. Is that long enough? Is it going to grow out long enough?
1: Oh, mate, she doesn't grow much anymore, but
2: <laughs> I'll, I'll
1: see what happens.
2: Actually, <laughs> this just reminded me. I'll, just... I'll get as many oils
0: and herbs in there as I can, but I'm not promising anything. Oh. T- Tom will be making a deal has just reminded me of something that about five years ago, you and I had a bet that you never paid up on, which was it was like first song out on Australia Day or something. And it was, yeah, it was going to I'm, be a couple of shots or something at a club function. And I ne- ne- don't, uh, I, you know, obviously very, very, very limited drinker. So I, I keep track of every drink I've ever had. Definitely never got them. Which I, right, so firstly, Deeds, just watch out. This guy doesn't always pay up on a bet. But secondly, I'd be happy to just wipe that one clean if you would agree to wearing a rug to presentation night. Oh. Just don't worry about growing it. Just get the old hair hat out and, um, I don't, know, I, don't think he's,
3: I don't think he's in that. I don't think he's in that territory just yet, Steve. I think. I think he's no, but right. just you know,
0: sweet chili Philly just goes to presentation night to make a fashion statement every year. So he <laughs> he feels like a fashion man. statement daily, sweet chili Philly. it's yeah, um, true. He does. I, I don't he must, he must I just, be frustrated in lockdown, Philly. Like he's wearing these outrageous outfits, and there's no one to see him every day. Just walking around <laughs> the house. They're, prob- they're
2: not outrageous a- to him, though. They're just they're the <laughs> we're, we're in
3: the outrageous outfit, yeah. to him. It's been a pretty <laughs> mild start to September, too. So, by the time presentation night um, rolls around, um, he, he, the shorts might be a good choice. When you wear it. He might be the one last laughing on the dance floor. We're all hot and steamy. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Are, are we allowed
2: to bring up the reverse raffle?
0: Yeah, that's. I think oh. that's a good. That's that's a big whisper because that that's a real, that's a momentum for the podcast whisper. That's a you know we're going places So do you, do you, I'll, I'll, I'll I can intro it, Deegs, and then you just um as the events master no, no, no. of the club, you go. just um just just put the mail on. But the obviously recent weeks there's been a, a, a sort of frustrating delay for the club with a lot of different events that you know, this is the time of year there'll be a heap of stuff happening. We've got the premiership reunions, which I would have been involved in, which has had to be delayed, of course, because that would have been a week from now and we'll still be in lockdown. There's obviously the uncertainty around what restrictions, et cetera, will mean for things like presentation night. And um, and obviously you know, that puts particular pain on people like Sweet Chili Philly who are trying to plan an outfit and don't know whether they're going to be doing it in spring or, you know, whatever else. But um, the other one that's been kicking around for a while was you know, in addition to the unfortunate ultimate decision that we had to cancel the uh, the M factor was um, that the reverse raffle, which has just been one that's had to be pushed back and back and back. And I see a lot of people bought tickets. So we we can't break all the details because negotiations are still ongoing. But what we can say is that the powers that be at the club have, have asked the Nodcast to just fly into the rescue and just i guess to really give people a bit of value for money given they're paid for these tickets uh, there'll be a bit of a revamped Brilliant. reverse raffle yep and um and, and i think we've been we've been brought in they're they're forking out the big bucks to us to bring us in to to just guide the people through the journey of who's going to walk away with a fistful of cash
2: so what so i i haven't really been across it i know there's a there's a chat going on but i haven't really read it at all but for the, what <laughs> we, I'm getting
0: we don't know yeah we sort of keep you out of the commercial negotiations So essentially
3: you've been it, been uh, sacked uh, from, you've been sacked from last year's trivia hosting the virtual um event but you've been rehired in, uh, <laughs> and rebranded as the nodcast right. and brought back to host issues of it okay
2: so are we announcing the winners are we on the nodcast is a uh, uh, some sort of live stream we we will new? so
0: Yes, the the details are still being finalised, but there will effectively be a live version of the Nodcast. I think it will be next Saturday, the twenty eighth of August, where we'll be live. Next Saturday, yep, and we'll be live drawing the reverse raffle for the club. And I I believe there's
3: talk about in a launchpad time slot to lead into the finals. Correct, no, AFL, finals. AFL
0: finals afterwards. This is just, so grab your pre-drinks and um, settle down in front of the TV for some fantastic live Nogcast oh, viewing. So you'll actually have to time. do your hair. We're in the to, big time, uh, boys. We will be. But but also, What, I think, what and, happens
2: when I win the cash? When
0: I win the cash. <laughs> live on air. <laughs> yeah. We're going to get set up in your house. You know one of those, like, <laughs> these have them in shopping centres where the money's flying around everywhere and you're oh. trying to grab it. We'll have oh, a yes. confetti gun shooting cats around. No, the, I'll let the the actual experts at this. So Franny Pelesci and Blair Bunter, who are the social VPs, work out the exact details and share it with the community. But obviously there won't be drinks and food as is part of the normal ticket. So there'll be a bigger cash prize and there'll be people that have already bought their tickets. I think we'll have more entries in the draw. So pretty mm. exciting opportunity for everyone and a great way to kick off your Saturday night. Sounds good.
3: Hopefully
0: leading into a
2: big... Swanny's final win. So, depending on when the Swans are scheduled, will depend on my performance of the during the podcast. <laughs> Just hey, putting a warning out there for the, all you guys listening. So,
3: how do you reckon the whispers will go with a live audience? <laughs> we, we haven't got the opportunity. To bet it. <laughs> uh,
2: I'm sure we can work out a few a few things to do uh, live.
0: Yeah. A few live interviews or something. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, anyway, it's probably uh, I don't know how we've managed to talk for this long, given there's no, no football and we're in lockdown, but we've managed to fill an episode somehow. So, um, Warbs, thanks very much for joining us. Um, did you have any parting words, given your um you've you've done a pretty good job of of kind of uh, setting the example over the course of the year, both on the field and through your your video posts on, on the Facebook players group page, any, <laughs> any words of wisdom you'd like to share? With the,
2: oh, uh, we didn't with even talk about
0: there? that. Go on. Uh, just, uh, I want to say thank thanks for having me on the show.
1: Um, it's, it's been um, a whole lot of the year. Uh, the <laughs> show that long is. Time. Um, first time, first time long-time listeners. I'm so happy to be on, <laughs> but I uh, know in a rollercoaster year, it's been up and down. It, it's been great to have the Norcast to keep everyone up and about. So um, you guys have done a terrific job and and commend you on on doing such uh such fine work um and and look forward to the reverse raffle next week. We'll have to tell
0: um mark
1: and Pippi down envelope to listen in and
0: and get on board. they've got a ticket <laughs> oh fantastic we'll um we'll definitely get up and about if either of those guys get the job done thanks boys it's uh good to see your faces obviously um, can't do much it in person at the moment so um Thanks for joining and, yeah, look forward to chatting to you guys next week.
3: Thank you. Looking forward to it. Can't wait. Big prime time next week. We've made it. We've hit the big yeah. time. <laughs> Going what?